Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. Yeah, there you go. Brother Weedo, you got to follow that here in a second. Good job. That was awesome. Man. It seems uh, here, especially in the last um, month or two, I've been really uh, just uh, a lot of church planning has come across my desk and has uh, come across uh, in way of support and other things. And Brother Jacob called me several months back and uh, going to plant a church in Lafayette. Louisiana. Brother Jacob is the son of Brother Weedo, uh, Brother J.D. Weedo there in uh, El Dorado, Arkansas. Uh, that church that was planted by his dad, what, 30 years ago now, uh, close to it. And so those of you from Lakeland, uh, you guys supported Brother J.D. Weedo, and uh, we did when we were there. And then now we see his son starting a church. And they, and by the way, Brother Weedo's church, J.D. Weedo's church has started several churches. And so just a, just a blessing. Uh, this week as well, I got the opportunity to preach Thursday morning at the Red River Valley Pastors Fellowship, a conference here down in Boulevard uh, Baptist Church in Burdeson, and got to present church planning and just the heart of church planning and, and uh, rem- reminding our church and us and, and all those pr- pastors that were there that we, we, we're not just to reach the world, we're to reach here. We're to reach, tech. America needs the gospel. And... Uh, we need a solid foundation here in America in order to send missionaries to the foreign field. And we see that slowly, that foundation here in America is slowly eroding. And so we want to make sure that we're doing our very best to plant churches here in America. That's why every third year here at our church, instead of doing a foreign missions conference, we do a church planting conference. So this next year, 2021, we will have, instead of a foreign missions conference, in the month of September, we will have a church planting conference and bring in the, several of the church planters that we supported. And just think about over the years, 20 years now we've been in existence, we've helped support many church plants, 50, 60, 70 church plants across America. And so uh, it's just good to be a part of trying to reach not only the foreign field, the, the world around us, but reaching uh, Texas and, and even Louisiana. And... Uh, and reaching America for the cause of Christ. And uh, there are, and I have a little a minute here too, but so there are three young men coming out of Norris Baptist Bible Seminary. Some of y'all will know the names uh, of some of these three men, but one of them, of course, is Jacob Lumen, and one is Tony Roa, one is Zach Doty. These three men, who all are capable of pastoring a church on their own, really are. And Brother Zach will graduate from Norris this year. The other two have already graduated and Brother Wiggins would testify, all three of those men could pastor church uh, on their own. All three have gotten together and have started a church planting ministry in which they will be a church planting team, and they will go and help plant churches here, especially in Texas and especially here in the Metroplex. And one of the first ones they're going to do is in Rome, and Rome needs a church. And so uh, we have this last month picked up support of all three of these men, and we'll continue to support them. Now, their, their thoughts and the way they will do it is they will not become the pastor of that church. And primarily, they will not even start the church themselves, but come alongside other churches to help them start churches. So 
Uh, that church in Rome will be started by Santa Fe Baptist Church in Weatherford. And Brother Heath, who is also will graduate from Norris uh, this May, looks like, now looks like he will be the pastor, the starting pastor of that church in Rome. And these three couples will help him do it. Isn't that amazing? These three men willing to do that, keep their jobs and not go full-time. They all three are capable of going to a church and, and getting a full-time pastorate. And, but God has seen fit to send these three men to, to help plant churches. We need that in America today. And I'm looking forward to God continuing to allow us. We've, we've had three attempts, and we still have Brother Stone going down there at Coastline Baptist Church in Corpus, and I pray the Lord to give us an opportunity to, to do it again and continue to try to plant churches. And hopefully these three men would help us in the future to plant churches. Not only plant churches, but revitalize churches. There are multiple, uh, really hundreds across the nation, maybe even thousands across the nation, small churches that need revitalized. They already have a church building, just like in England. They already have a church building, paid for land. Why wouldn't uh, churches across America uh, take that opportunity to go into some of those smaller churches who have, whose attendance has calmed down and revitalize those churches? So not only will these three men be planting churches, but they'll also be helping revitalize churches. In fact, before they plant the church in Rome, they're going to help a church in Stephenville uh, and get them, help them get back on their feet. And so just, just a great need. I said this years ago, and it's becoming true. We are, we are in a, a time in which, as the baby, baby boomers began to come, go off the scene, uh, we're finding that there are not enough preachers, not enough pastors in America to fulfill fill all the pulpits. And there's going to be a time when there's not enough. I really believe, Brother Cox, that we'll come back to the time when, when we'll have circuit riding preachers again. I don't think they'll be riding horses. Well, with Biden, they may. I don't know. What? Shouldn't have brought it up. But I, I do believe there will come a time when, when maybe one pastor will pastor multiple small churches and, uh, because of the lack of, uh, uh, of pastors and uh, coming out of seminaries. And so uh, what an opportunity. So I, I've, I've talked so long I'm on my, getting on my own nerves. But it's good to have Brother Jacob very much tonight. And Brother Jacob, you come on and preach to us and uh, present to us tonight. All right, well, thank you all for having us tonight. Um, I wish my wife and them would be here. They're back there. You can see their big picture on that, that banner back there. But um, they, her, her dad was coming in from California, so she set this weekend out. But my wife's Ariel, and I have Deacon Gunner at McKinley. I will say this. I feel like, and I was thinking about it, y'all were either check number one or check number two. I don't remember which one, but way back in March, and I called him, and it, honestly, anyone who's ever done deputation, you, you know, like, it, it can be. There's days where it's like, what am I doing? This is dumb. Because you make 57 phone calls and hit 57 voicemails and get no calls back. And so I remember whenever I talked to him, it, was, it actually encouraged me because it was like, we know who you are. We know your dad. Yeah, where do I need to send the check to? And I was like, why can't it all be that easy? But uh, I do appreciate your pastor and, and, um, and y'all and your giving um, to, to enable that. And he is, is exactly right. Our goal is to go down to South Louisiana and to start something like this and in 20 years um, to see where, what the Lord would have done there and, and to support other uh, missionaries and other church plants around the, the world. And so that's our goal. Um, I have been um, a youth pastor for 11 years now, right whenever we graduated Bible College uh, there in Arkansas, uh, we went to New Iberia, Louisiana, and that's where they make Tabasco sauce and Louisiana hot sauce way down there in Cajun country, um, and you don't get too much more Cajun than New Iberia for sure. They speak a different language. I remember the first time 
I had my kids, and I had a little baby, and a deacon, and a lady came up to me, and she looked, just looked in, the, in there and said, Shaw, baby. And I was like, what is Shaw, baby? You just said Shaw, baby, like that's like, but that was her way of saying, oh, he's cute. And I was like, they just have a different way of, of the way they talk. So I learned the language, but then I, I came back to Arkansas for eight years, and so I have forgotten that. So I have to relearn a lot of that Cajun lingo whenever we move down there. But we've been in, in um, Gospel Baptist Church in Malvern, Arkansas for the past eight years. And it was probably about a year ago that we hosted a preacher's meeting. And um, I was working the sound booth that, that day. And at the end of the preacher's meeting, um, a guy by the name of Brother Ted Patterson, he got up and he started uh, rattling off uh, towns in Arkansas that didn't have a good church or large towns that had very few churches. And I'm sitting back there in the sound booth and I felt like he was just staring at me. And I'm like... What are, you, what are you doing? Stop looking at me. And um, so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, there's a, there's a need. Someone needs to go start a church here, here. And I'm like, and the Lord said, why not you? And I'm like, because uh, I don't want to. If I'm being honest, that was, that was me. I'm like, I don't really feel like it. I'm content here. I love what the Lord, where the Lord has me. I would rather stay here the rest of my life than to venture out and do something like that. So call someone else. Call one of these guys in that sound booth, not me. Um, but anyways, the Lord just wouldn't let it go. And, and, and probably two or three days later, I just finally gave up and was like, all right, God, I'm tired of fighting it. I'm tired of losing sleep. I'll go. Um, but not with a great attitude necessarily, but I, I'll go, God. And uh, so I began to pray about where. And honestly, uh, once again, I was trying to do God's will in my own way. So one of the towns he had mentioned was North Little Rock, which is about 45 minutes from where I currently live. And I'm like, well, if I went to North Little Rock, then I could keep my cows, I could keep my lawn business, I could keep up my house, and I could keep all this stuff and still do this church planning, but just do it my way. And so we went to North Little Rock, and I remember I was sitting in, in Olive Garden with my wife, and we Googled Baptist churches near us. And it was just like, the line was like hundreds long. They were everywhere. And they might not have been exactly like us, but there were Baptist churches everywhere. Our town in Arkansas has 9,000 people, and there's 47 Baptist churches in that town. The Catholic Church is named St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. It, it is in the heart of the Baptist belt. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, man, they, they got churches all over here. They don't need, I mean, I know that they might not be independent, but there's Baptist churches everywhere. And the Lord said, what, what about South Louisiana? And I'm like, ah, you had to go there. Because I'd already lived down there and I didn't ever want to go back. I moved for a reason. And so anyways, we, we took a trip, or actually I called a pastor by the name of Jeff Sistrunk, who pastors just north of Lafayette, and um, I called him and I said, Brother Jeff, I'm praying about coming to Lafayette, and he said, Jake, why did you call me? And I'm like, because you're the only number I have on my phone from down here? And he's like, well, it's funny that you would call me, because three years ago, a, a, an independent Baptist church shut their doors, and they gave us a building, and it's just sitting over there. And I'm like, okay, Lord, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want so we took a trip down and anyways make a long story short we we do have access to that building it's a 5,000 square foot building two acres of land and um, they're, they're building a brand new subdivision right across the street from it and the Lord just has given that to us we'll lease it for two years with the option to buy after that and just time and time again we have three families going down with us um, so the Lord's just he's made himself real and I think that was because of my lack of faith and so I felt like he did that for me because I was still kind of holding on to Arkansas. And now there's been so many doors open. That's like, I don't even want to be here tonight. I don't want to be in Lafayette. So that's just where it's been. Because it's so, when you know that God wants you somewhere, 
and it's obvious, and it's not like, is this me trying to manipulate God's will and go to North Little Rock and start a church? No, this is God. And so yeah, I just want to get there. So pray for us. We have cards on the back table. Um, I think there's some mints in the alligator's mouth that you can grab if you're brave enough. And uh, just pray for us as, as we make that trip. We'll be starting in May, and we're right about 55% of our, our support raised. And so the Lord's been good, and um, we've been doing a lot of work. Like the, the money that y'all have been given um, has been going to help remodel the building that we have because it's been setting up for a while. And so we've already replaced the floors in the foyer. We replaced the f- floors in the bathroom. We replaced the roof. Um, and so the Lord's just opened up a lot, of, a lot of things that we could do to that building. And so pray for us as we get there. If you want to see pictures of that building, you can go to our Facebook page, and there's tons of pictures on there posted of the before and then even after we've done that. I always forget to say that, but now y'all can do it. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs. And, you know, I, I hear they're going fishing tomorrow, and I wish that I would have got the invite because I would have canceled the dentist appointment that I have tomorrow. Um, and go to that. So I, I feel like I'm like, not, I'm not going to say I'm like the toughest guy or like a man's man. Like I don't like to hunt because I feel like that's a waste of my time because my brother burnt me out on that whenever I was a kid. He's like, sit here and you're going to see something. And I sat there for hours and froze to death and never saw anything. And I realized that they would kill all the deer I could eat. And so I just, y'all go freeze, I'll eat it. And that's a good deal. But I, I do like to fish. But so, so I feel like I'm kind of like a man's man. And about three weeks ago, my son um, he fell in the playground and hit a rock uh, on his arm. And when the school nurse, or it's there at our church, when, the, when the, his teacher brought him to me, um, he already had Band-Aids on it. And he wasn't crying anymore. I'm like, oh, he's fine. So we get home that night. And it's like 9 o'clock, right before he's going to bed. We're going to change the Band-Aid out. And we take off the Band-Aid. And we're like, my wife's like, whoa, that is deep. And that does not look good. And I'm like, ah, oh, he'll be fine. We'll just take him tomorrow and maybe get it looked at. And so the next day, my wife was cleaning a few houses, so I go and take him to the doctor's office. And so I'm sitting there, and the nurse comes in, and um, she's, she's over there trying to clean out his wound. And I saw him starting to shake a little bit, so I go over there, and I'm kind of standing beside him, and I'm just, like, watching. And she, like, is getting up in there and getting it all. Like, there was a piece of grass, piece of grass up in there, sorry. Um, and she was getting it out, and I, I started feeling a little lightheaded. And I'm like, all right, buddy, you're on your own. <laughs> You can shake all you want. I'm going to sit down. So I, I go and I sit down, and I'm being the good dad just over there, 10 feet away, social distancing from my son who's getting his arm uh, dug out. And so I'm sitting over there, and I'm starting to feel better, and I'm like, all right, Jake, you're okay. You're all right. And so the doctor comes in a little bit later, and my son's sitting right there, and the doctor's like, once again, messing with it and squeezing it. And I, I look at him, and I'm like, doctor, I'm not feeling so good. And the next thing you know, I just hear, Jake, 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 are you Okay. I hear my son on the outside of the doctor's office ask the nurse, is my dad going to die? And she's like, we don't know. So he's freaking out thinking I'm about to die because I saw a little flesh wound. And if you saw it, it would make it that much worse because it might have been like two inches long. It was, it was tiny. And so I've been made fun of several, several times since then, but it's okay. So if I pass out up here tonight, it's normal. Just give me my space and uh, everything will be okay, I guess. But Proverbs chapter number 21 Oh, man. I made a mistake, and I told someone who really likes to mess with me about that story. And so ever since then, like, he'll, like, scratch. He'll have a scratch on him, and he'll, like, cover it up when he walks by me saying, Jake, don't pass out. And I'm like, whatever. I can take it. But I can't take looking at a scratch, for sure. Proverbs chapter number 21. We'll look at verse number 2. It says this. Every way of of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the heart. Let's read it one more time. 
Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. So working with, with youth for 11 plus years, you know, I, I feel like all of us, but especially young people, are in church and they feel like they're okay. I'm here because my parents are making me be here, but I'm, I'm still here. You're looking at someone who grew up in a pastor's home, and my life was full of ups and downs. You say, were you ever out of church? Nope. So how can you have a down if you're not out of church? I was present, but that was about it. I was thinking about a girl. I was thinking about what I was going to eat. I was thinking about basketball. I was thinking about everything else besides what was going on up in front of me or about God and his word. That was, my mind wasn't there. And my burden comes because I feel like we have... Christians in 2020 especially that really need to read this verse and apply it to their heart and and life. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. We feel like we're okay. Christians, we feel like, well, I'm not doing what she's doing or I'm not doing what he's doing. Well, or I'm at church. I'm faithful. I'm all right. I don't need this. We need to, my neighbor needs this. My my mother-in-law needs this. Someone else needs it, but not me. But the reality is We all think we're okay. But the last part of that verse is, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. And I want to speak to you tonight on the subject, getting real with God. Because in reality, it doesn't matter what I think about myself. It just doesn't. My opinion of myself does not matter. And to be kind about it, your opinion of me doesn't matter either. God's does. But so oftentimes I'm more worried about what Brother Crawford thinks of me or about what someone else thinks of me, the pastor, um, my, my spouse, my mom, my dad, whoever else. And I'm, I'm not worried about what God thinks. Because here's the thing. I've lived that life of, of raising the preacher's home and listening to whatever I wanted to listen to whenever my dad wasn't around and changing it back and watching whatever I wanted to watch whenever my dad wasn't around and changing it back. And it, to this day, if, if my dad knew everything that I did, then he would be like, whoa, really? Hey. That's me being honest. And we have a lot of people out here, if you're honest with yourself, you'd probably think, man, yeah, I did a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of myself. But yet, fast forward time 2020, and now it's our kids, and they have unlimited access on a phone. I do not understand, and I say this almost everywhere I go, and people give me crazy looks, but I do not understand why a parent would allow a teenager unblocked access on the Internet. I don't understand it. There's ways, there's filters, there's ways that you can, can, can monitor it, but I do not know why you would, why? I, I found ways around it, and I didn't even have access to that. If I had access to that, I would not be here tonight. I can promise you that. But we need tonight to ask ourselves and, and to let the Lord ponder our hearts. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Dear God, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for being such a good God. Thank you for loving us. God, I pray that you would be with us tonight. I pray that you'd be with these guys as they leave after the service, that you give them safety, give them a good time. But help us tonight as we open up your word and that we can apply truth to our life and be better because of it. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I have an older brother named Joe. Joe's five years older than me. And Joe, for some reason, let his wife talk him into getting a little Yorkie, one of those little rat-looking dogs that weighs like six pounds. So Joe had a Yorkie, but it was the meanest thing ever. He had a Yorkie that had its bark removed. I didn't even know that was possible, that you could do that, but he has one. And I remember going over to Joe's house, and Joe had a Yorkie named Victor. The bark was removed. You'd open up the door, and you see a little dog. You wouldn't hear it, but you see a little dog on the front two legs, and it would be opening its mouth, and nothing would be coming out. And he thought he was like a watchdog. 
I, on the other hand, I had an American pit bull that I got from the Calvary Boys Ranch, and we named it Big Daddy. In every sense of the word, it applied to him. He was massive, and his name was Big Daddy. And Big Daddy, I would open up the door, let Big Daddy come in the house. He'd come and jump on the couch. The couch would flip over because he was that big. He would try to sit in your lap, and he'd be like, no. He thought he was a lap dog. And the key on both of those dogs is they had deceived themselves into thinking they were something that they really weren't. It didn't matter how much Victor stood there opening his mouth and nothing was coming out by the door. I, I never was like, oh, <laughs> I couldn't even hear it. But he thought he was a vicious Doberman or something. And it's the same thing with Big Daddy. They both deceived themselves. And I feel like this, their perception of themselves caused deception, but it wasn't a reality. In Psalm 139, verse number 23, it says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And the truth be told, I can think I'm okay all day long. And I've done that. I've lived that life to where I felt like I was doing good. I'm at church. I'm at everything that the Lord's house that they have. But deep down inside, my heart's away from God. I'm not where I should be. And my relationship with the Lord is not good. I haven't read my Bible in, in weeks and months. I haven't prayed for anybody in weeks or months. And I'm cold-hearted, but I'm, I'm here. And you can put on a tie. You can come say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You can look the part. I've done it. But God sees the heart. And the truth be told, if I'm looking out here and see teenagers, there's probably a teenager or two in here that's thinking, man, I can't wait till I get 18 and I don't have to come here. I definitely ain't coming on a Sunday night. I may show up on Sunday mornings. Hey, it may be a deacon's son. It may be a pastor's kid. That was me. But what we need is not for ourselves to think we're okay, but we need for the Lord to examine our lives. In Psalm 139 where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. To search me means to examine thoroughly, looking for evidence or fingerprints. And truth be told, there's a lot of people out there that claim to be Christians, but you would never know it by, by being around them. We built a house four years ago. And our electrician was probably in his 70s, and he cussed worse than anyone I've ever heard in my life. And one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to tell him to stop. And I, I pull up that day, and before I could even say anything to him, he's like, Jake, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I'm a youth pastor at Gospel Light Baptist Church. And he said, brother. And I was like, he said, brother, I've been a deacon for 35 years. And I said, amen, where at? I want to come check this church out. No, I was like, who are you? You know, I never heard him say another cuss word. The rest of the time he built my house, never. I wonder if his, the rest of his deacon board knew he talked like that. I wonder if his pastor knew he talked like that. You know who did know he talked like that? God. And I can, I can live a life. My parents never knew half the things I did, and yours didn't either. Right? But God knows. He knows each and everything. I can't hide something from him. So I want to give us four things tonight that deceive us. And then we'll, we'll turn one more place and we'll be done. Four things that deceive us. Turn over to Matthew chapter number 7 if you have your Bible. Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 15. Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 15 says this, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Can I say number one, the first thing that will deceive you, false prophets or preachers, 
We live in a world where people stand behind a pulpit and speak things that, maybe partial truths, I'll give them that, maybe partial truths. But it's not, a, it's not true. Partial truth is a lie. And they tell people what they want to hear, and they deceive people. You say, how does that happen? Well, it happens because they give a little truth mixed in with lies. I can, and I don't even want to say this, especially not from behind the pulpit, but I can turn on Joel Osteen and hear something that I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I might hear a good thought, but I ain't going to his church. You say, why? Because there are false prophets out there to deceive us. That's why it's important, young people, to get in the word of God yourself. I, I would almost guarantee you over 20 years, there's probably some things that even where the Crawford has preached from up here that now he's probably like, oh, man, I was a little hard on that. Or man, I wasn't hard enough on that. Because times change. But, but hey, listen, the word of God doesn't change. And it's important for you as a church member to get in the word of God and know what you believe and know why you believe it. And if, if we do that, then hey, listen, we can decipher it. No, that's not really true. I could say something tonight. And I'm, I do almost every time I preach. I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but it, it comes out and that's okay. But listen, uh, false prophets, number two. Hebrews chapter number three and verse number 13. When I don't mark pages, I'm like, I'm, I lose the sword drill every time because I'm like nervous. <laughs> you don't know where Hebrews is? What are you going to start a church for? It'll be all right. Hebrews 3, verse number 13. It says, But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Can I tell you, young people, sin deceives you. It promises laughter, but it brings forth tears. It promises pleasure for a season, but it brings destruction. Over and over again in my life, I've seen people who play around with sin and mess with sin, and they think, oh, it's just a little sin. And it takes them farther than they would ever think about going in their life. It, it ruins it, because, all because they wanted to play with sin. But can I tell you today, 2020, young people, all of us, it's not the time to play games. Six months ago, I would have said, yeah, I believe the Lord's coming back soon. I would have said it. Now, I can say it and I can believe it. In my lifetime, I truly think the Lord could come back. Now's not the time to waver on God. Now's not the time to, to get away from God. Now's the time to step forward and to do more than you ever have before in your life. If you're on the fringe and you're just coming to church, now's the time to say, hey, preacher, what can I do? I want to do more for God. The whole reason why I'm moving to Lafayette, Louisiana, is because I just want to do more for Him. I want to make a difference. And there's a world out there, here in the Metroplex, that needs someone to just make a difference. Amen. Young people, there's teenagers all around you that just need someone to make a difference. But we're too busy playing games. We're, we're too interested in all this other stuff that's not bad. I love sports, but one thing that 2020 done, done for me that's positive is I don't remember the last time I watched a basketball game or a football game or any kind of game, and I don't miss it. But when we stop playing church and stop playing games with, with God, that's when we can surely make a difference in someone's life. But sin, hey, it promises life, but it brings forth death. It's probably nine years ago, and when, or eight years ago, when we not, well, I first moved to, to Lafayette, or we first moved from Lafayette back to Arkansas, and I, I had this great idea. Honey, we're going to get a rent house. We're going to get a rent house, we're going to rent it out. So we were looking, I found one on Realtor.com, and it was like a $30,000 house. That should have told me, stay away from it right there. So it was a red brick house, and I thought, I called a realtor and everything, and then I told my wife after I called the realtor, honey, we're going to go look at this house. It's going to be great. 
So we pull up, we're looking on the outside. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We opened up the door. Immediately I went from this is going to be awesome to what am I doing here? This is awful. There was black mold everywhere. It was disgusting. On the outside, everything looked perfect. Everything looked great. But on the inside, the house had problems. Sin's the same way. On the outside, hey, the commercials don't show you the truth. Right? Commercials show you the pretty girls and the partying and all that. They don't show you the hangover the next morning. They don't show you the person that's killed by a drunk driver. They don't show you the family that's ruined, the life that's ruined, the divorce that takes place, the kids that are beat. They don't show you any of that stuff. Hey, it's not just one drink. It's not just one hit on a joint. It's not. You may intend on it being that, but it's not. And sin does not play games. It, it wants to ruin and destroy your life, so don't play games with it. And then number three, Revelation chapter number 20, and verse number three. Revelation chapter number 20. Verse number one says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and, that, and, a, chain, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him in the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Can I tell you, Satan deceives us. He deceives us to put off salvation until tomorrow. And he, 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 we don't ever know if we're going to have it tomorrow. There might be someone here. I had a cousin that got saved at 27 in Bible college. He'd been in church his whole life. There may be someone here, and deep down inside, you know you're not saved. But everyone else around you thinks you're saved, and so you let your pride keep you from stepping out, going forward. Hey, can I tell you, no one in here would say, man, I thought he was saved. Everyone in here would say, man, that's amazing. That's the best thing you ever did. I, I've said this often. I, would, I wouldn't go to hell for anybody, myself included, my pride. But Satan wants us to put off salvation until tomorrow. Hey, he wants us to put off getting right with God. Hey, I, I remember as a young person, I'll, I'll wait, I'll live for God when I'm old and I'm like 30. And now I'm 34 and I'm like, okay. But listen, we, we, we justify things in our heads. Young people, I know. Man, I'll live for God one day. Right now I just want to have some fun. Right now I just want to kind of do my own thing. God will be here. But the truth is we don't know if we have tomorrow. And lastly, Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Number four, your heart. Hey, your heart has the ability to camouflage the truth and to make you believe a lie. I don't understand for the life of me how we get so mad if certain politicians lie to us, all politicians lie to us, or if our neighbor lies to us, but yet we lie to ourselves on a daily basis. Hey, I lie to myself today. Whenever I take a drink of that Dr. Pepper, oh, it's not going to hurt you. You're only like, you're okay. <laughs> I got 30 pounds to show you I'm not. But we deceive ourselves often. I think of this. Have you ever seen a picture of yourself years down the road? <laughs> Hopefully in like 2022, I'll look back at a picture of 2020 and be like, man, you were fat. Or I may be like, man, you were skinny. <laughs> But have you ever seen an old picture of yourself and you're like, man, but at that time you felt great. 
but your heart has the ability to, to deceive you. Hey, others see reality when we see perception. And once again, that, that verse in Proverbs 21, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. We'll end up in Matthew chapter number 15. I want us to see something. The story really jumped out at me. And it's a lady who went to the Lord for help. In all honesty, he was pretty tough on her. Kind of like some things I've said tonight. Some of you are like, ah, that's a little, that's a little rough. But, but the way she handled this correction from the Lord is the way I want to handle it. Because the truth is, you can't get help unless you see your need for change. If I think I'm okay, I'm never going to change anything. I'm there right now. My wife's like, honey, you need to try this keto diet. You need to try this. And I'm like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> I like chicken fried steak, and I like catfish, and I like, I'm good. But one day it's coming, and I'm going to say, ah, all right, I'm done with it. But here in Matthew chapter number 15, verse number 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Whoa. So she went to Jesus looking for help for who? Her daughter. Is that, a, is that a good thing? Yeah. But he answered her not a word. This is Jesus we're talking about. And his disciples came and besought him saying, Send her away for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Huh. That's pretty tough, coming from the Lord. She's going to seek help. For who, who else are we going to go get help from? But look at verse number 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help who? Wasn't about her daughter. It was her. And so many times we start comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. And I can feel fine about myself if I just look around. I, hey, I can look around really a lot of places in 2020 and say, yeah, I'm way better than those people. And I start judging myself amongst other people. But hey, if I start looking out, stop looking outwardly and start looking upwardly every single time, I'm never worthy. I never measure up. No matter how hard or, or how much I fight and try or what, I always come short. But that's the great thing. Look, look at this. So then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her, her and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Once again, Jesus talking to her. That's pretty tough. And sometimes we come to church and we're like, Man, I want to I get some help today. And, and maybe the pastor preaches a message that kind of gets on our toes. Well, I, I didn't want help in that matter. You're supposed to preach something encouraging. I wanted help. Hey, Sometimes the truth hurts. And this lady could have easily said, you know what, Jesus, I came to you for help, and you're not giving me what I wanted, so see you later. This is all lies. You can't heal nobody. And she could have turned her back on him and walked away and hit the road. But hey, listen, her response in verse number 27 says this, and she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Hey, until she got honest with herself in verse 27, she couldn't get help. It wasn't about her daughter. Really, it wasn't about her. 
But when she saw her need, hey, he gave her tough medicine, but she said, truth, Lord. And tonight, here at Heritage Baptist, what we need is for all of us. Hey, I've been in church longer than you've been alive. That's great. But when's the last time you said, hey, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Well, there's not going to be any wicked way in you. You're a church planner. Oh, really? There's not going to be any wicked way in you. You're going to be a pastor. Really? Each and every one of us, if we get honest with ourselves, man, I could do more for God. I could. I stopped at the gas station today. I didn't pass out a track. I come across people all the time. They could be lost. I don't, I don't interact with them. It's me being honest with you. But that's never going to change unless I get honest with myself and say, hey, I need to have more of a heart for the Lord. Hey, I, I, I want to do more for him. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be the same. I want to be a better Christian in 2021 than I was this year. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I want to be all that stuff. But it's not going to happen until I look up at God and I say, truth, Lord. Hey, these are some areas of my life that I need to work on. And in all honesty, I could get here tonight and I could preach whatever I wanted to. You guys know the Bible. Some of you probably significantly more than me. But no matter how long we've been in church, no matter how much that we've heard the word of God, all of us at times, we get cold. All of us at times, we get drawn away from the Lord and we're not what we should be. And especially in a time like this where we have so much uncertainty in 2020 with the, and there's just a lot that's going on. But what I want myself to be is, is, is a Christian that's not surviving, but a Christian that's thriving. I want to be doing more for God right now than I've ever done in my life. And that's not going to happen unless I can look up and say, truth, Lord, tell me what I need to work on. I, I want to do more. I want to do what's right. Show me. Search me. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked, wicked way. I mean, show me. Because I want to be more like you. But to do that, I have to be honest. Hey, tonight, I feel like maybe, maybe it's just me. But there might be a a young person here, an old person in here that needs to get real with God. And you need to look up and say, hey, truth, Lord, I, I'm not what I should be. I want to get help. And then, and then only, will he help you. Stop playing the games. Every head bowed, every eye closed. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.